But Sally Murphy is in Ōtetahi with us for the Rural News. Kia ora. An environmental group is concerned for the future of cameras on fishing boats. That's right. Fishing company executives are meeting with officials from the Ministry for Primary Industries today to discuss cameras on commercial fishing boats, amongst other things. Labor began the rollout of cameras to improve underreporting of bycatch, including penguins, seabirds, dolphins and seals. Cameras have been installed on 300 inshore vessels already, but the future of the rollout may be up in the air. Minister for Oceans and Fisheries Shane Jones couldn't attend today's meeting but has asked officials for advice on the camera rollout and hasn't ruled out overhauling the programme of work altogether. The future options for cameras will be a part of how do we better deliver fisheries management and what enhanced roles can cameras play. And most importantly, who's going to pay for it? Because, as you would know, we're trimming the sales of the state at the moment. And also, we're asking industry to accelerate their ability to deliver on our export-led growth strategy. But Greenpeace Oceans campaigner Ali Hooper says the cameras improved the improve transparency and accountability of fishing companies. She says there's already more accurate reporting of bycatch. Now some cameras are in place. We've been given every excuse under the sun um, since cameras started being talked about a decade ago um, as to why it will not be possible to have cameras on commercial fishing boats. I think that my simple answer to that would be if they've got nothing to hide in terms of their activities, then they shouldn't have anything to worry about. This is an operational cost. It's the cost of doing business. The New Zealand fishing industry gets to fish in the waters that surround our country, but they also have a responsibility to look after that ocean um, that most New Zealanders care about protecting. Um, And cameras are simply a part of doing that. But we've seen these cameras delayed and delayed and delayed by industry for various different reasons. I think that this is just the latest excuse in a long line of them. Ali Hooper says Minister Shane Jones has shown a clear bias towards the fishing industry, but he says his historic links to the sector, like being the chair of Sea Lord, should not be catastrophized, as all future decisions will be made by Cabinet. And just some breaking news on the NZX. Fonterra's Chief Executive, Miles Hurrell, has just released a statement. He says, I wanted to let you know that the co-op has decided to integrate two important parts of the business, Fonterra Brands New Zealand and Fonterra Australia. Together, this part of our business will be known as Fonterra Oceania. Mr Hurrell says the change will strengthen the trans-Tasman offering in what is an increasingly competitive marketplace. To other news, two farms have been affected by the large fire in North Canterbury's Waikari Valley. Fire and Emergency says the fire is uncontrolled and remains a risk due to high winds. North Canterbury Federated Farmers President Carl Dean says a lot of pasture has been burnt, but no stock have been affected by the fire. He says firefighters have done an outstanding job of containing the blaze to the two farms, and now everyone is hoping stronger winds forecast for this afternoon don't cause any issues. As you may have heard in the business news, A2 Milk has just reported a higher result for the first half of the year due to strong growth in China. Its net profit was up 15% to $78 million. But A2's Matoda Valley Milk made an underlying loss of $15.3 million due to a volatile commodity environment and reduced demand from third-party customers in China. 
Chief Executive David Bortolusi says accelerating Matoda Valley's path to profitability by the 2026 financial year remains a priority and that the growing milk supply. We've developed the and grown the milk pool in Southland quite significantly, including the A1 free component of it. And also we've entered into commercial arrangements to increase the commercial supply of milk from other suppliers in the region as well, both in conventional milk as well as A1 free. And more recently, we in relation to organic A1 free milk as well. So we're really developing the milk pool quite significantly in Southland to enable us to grow our nutritional business. That's David Bortolusi. Dairy companies need to ensure farmers are well incentivised to cut on-farm emissions if they want to meet reduction targets. That's according to Rabobank's latest report, which looked at why what global dairy companies are doing to reduce their ga- greenhouse gas emissions. Head of Sustainable Business Blake Holgate says dairy companies are coming under increasing pressure through government policy and social expectations to lower emissions. He says at the same time, farmers are facing inflationary pressure, so dairy companies need to provide better incentives if they want them to reduce on-farm emissions. The fundamental challenge that we've got is consumers and the market at this point aren't paying for it. There's not extra spending that's coming into the milk supply chain that can be distributed and ultimately back to farmers. So at the moment, you know, what we're seeing from companies that are setting incentives, including, you know, New Zealand companies, is largely that's either a redistribution distribution of, of the milk payment pool that they've got or, or it comes from their um, bottom line. That's Blake Holgate from Rabobank. And just lastly, Pleasant Point farmer Gareth McKercher won the Odangi Young Farmer of the Year competition over the weekend. He'll go against all other regional finalists at the national final in July. And the next regional contest is in Tasman next month. And that's the rural news for today. Kia pai tōra.